everyone, and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters. Thank you so, so much for listening to us or watching us today. We really appreciate that. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined here in the wonderful state of South Dakota with my good friend, Joseph Lassiter. Hello. And my brother, Jacob Johnson, back in Pennsylvania. Hello. And uh, Jacob just got his Wi-Fi upgraded, so we've got a much better connection uh, this week. So very exciting. And uh, we're excited to have Joe with us. There was a chance that uh, he was coming down with something and might not have been able to join us. So very glad he got, uh, he's well now and he's able to join us. So Don't worry, it wasn't COVID. <laughs> or it might have well, been, you know, who knows. Actually, All right. Yeah, go COVID's ahead, Jake. not that bad, so. Yeah, it's not that bad. COVID's so. not that bad, so. You'd be Would've fine. good. <laughs> All right, so don't forget you can share this show with as many people as you can. We would really appreciate that. You can do that by going to our website, which is trdshow.net, trdshow, the Reformed Dissenters, trdshow.net, and that's where you'll find a list of links to all of the many platforms that we are on, including pro-First Amendment platforms. So follow us on those platforms and share our website with as many people as you can. That would be awesome. Uh, you can also email the show at trdshow at protonmail.com, and that's where you can send uh, new information you want to share with us, questions, um, just words of encouragement, which we always appreciate, and we always share that with the rest of the team, and they're very excited to read those. So we are. send those. Yes, as Joe says, we are. Uh, we're we're uh, Send us anything you'd like at that email address, and again, that is uh, trdshow at protonmail.com. If you're interested in hearing us do deep dives into some of the current events or uh, our main topic of the month, um, you'll have to follow us on our pro-First Amendment platforms, which uh, includes Gab, Gab TV, Rumble, and Odyssey. So make sure you follow us on those platforms for um, any additional show content. So if you aren't already following us on those platforms, check us out. There might be some videos on there that you haven't seen yet um, that might be interesting, interesting to you. So definitely check us out there. Um, also we'll be posting a poll on our Gab page. I posted it last week, um, but I didn't, I forgot to announce it on the show. So nobody actually participated in it. So I'm now announcing it on the show. So I'm going to repost that. Um, and hopefully we get more uh, people participating in this poll. We really appreciate you to add to this. Um, and it's going to be asking you what you'd like to see as our next topic, um, for the month of January. And um, any lesser polls or, or lesser numbers that we get will also help us decide um, months moving forward from January. So we'd really appreciate that. Our schedule for December is uh, still being adjusted. So for most of the month of December, you won't uh, be getting content from us because we won't be posting any content for most of the month of December, which is uh, unfortunate, but it's also nice for us to take a break since this is on some levels. For some of us, it's kind of a full-time job on some days. So um, it's nice to take a little bit of a break, especially around Christmas time. So for December, there'll be um, no episodes, although we might, uh, I'm going to be back in Pennsylvania, so it's possible that uh, Jake and I will do some deep dives. Maybe Joe will decide to do a deep dive and we might be putting those up. So, you know, keep watching. If you're subscribed on your mobile device, your phone, you'll uh, get notifications whenever we post new content. So, you know, just keep keep a lookout for that. So, so check out our Gab page, which is where you'll find the poll and pause us right now and go check out that poll. We'd love to hear from you what you think would be a most, what you think would be the most interesting topic that we talk about. 
Our theme this month is uh, the dangers and evils of the government schools. So we're really delving into that topic and, and talking about uh, the dangers and evils that the government schools have introduced in our society and what they are um, and what they do to Christian children. And we're going to be spending a lot of time on that during the literature of the month segment. Um, but uh, the show breakdown, what's going to happen today, we're going to obviously start talking about the current events. And um, there was a lot that happened and some things that happened that we didn't get, a ch we aren't going to get a chance to talk about um, it at, at length today, including the Rittenhouse trial, which happened. But unfortunately, all of us had other topics we had planned on covering. So um, we'll talk a little bit about the Rittenhouse trial, but we won't go into as much detail because there's a lot of other shows out there that have talked about that. So um, exciting news. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but we won't be spending as much time on it, probably, as as you might have hoped. So we're sorry about that. Um, after the current events, we're going to move into the literature of the month. And as a reminder, our literature this month um, is the Mill or is Millstones and Stumbling Blocks by Bradley Heath, and that ties in really well with our uh, our theme this month, which again is the dangers and evils of the government schools. But before we get to all of those things, uh, we first have to talk about the verse of the week. So our verse this week is Luke chapter 6, verse 40. And it says, A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So we talked about that on the show last week. We talked about that during the literature segment. Um, but I thought it would be good to reiterate that since that's a really important verse, especially with our topic right now. Everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. So we need to be careful who our teachers are um, and who the teachers of our children are. So that's really, really important. All right, let's move into the current events. And as usual, Jake, we'll have you kick things off. All righty. So my headline is Bolivians defeat communist law with protests and economic shutdown. Wow. Uh, so I will get the uh, thoughts from Joe and Bruce first. That and then is... I will go into my breakdown of this. Nice. That is, um, that's exciting and, and very encouraging. Um, so protests and what else did, what, what did you say? Uh, economic shutdown. Economic shutdown. Wow. So they just said, we're not doing this anymore. We're not living in this this type of a society. Wow. That is really exciting. And unfortunately that might be coming to a town in America near you very shortly. <laughs> so take notes, America. If you don't stop now, take notes. This is what you're going to have to do later on. So, wow. Well, it made me, it made me think of another article, which I don't have actually cited here, but, um, another article, which was talking about the riots after the Rittenhouse acquittal. Ooh. And so, yeah, I didn't hear about that. Wow, yeah. Wow. So it just made me. It just made me think about that as well. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. That it's not always a good thing just for there to be riots in the streets. You know, like the French Revolution. It has to be based mm -hmm. on on the truth, based on God's word. That's when it's a, a legitimate uh, uprising. And even then, it has to be done the right way. So, yeah, right. Definitely something to keep in mind. Yep. What do you think, Joe? I'm trying to remember exactly what was uh, the effect again, or what was the title again? Um, Bolivians defeat communist, communist law with protests and economic shutdown. So I guess I should have figured out what the Bolivian law was. What What's that? 
So it um, and I will talk. I talk a little bit about this, but the um, the law was basically making it so that the federal government can access uh, people's private bank accounts. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that's really good that the economy would be going down after the after that because we don't want the government coming into right. our <laughs> our private business, our private yep. money. Yep. None our, of their business. What what we make is what we make. Why does the government why does the government really need to know what we are making? I mean, that's yeah. kind of kind of makes me think about taxes. The government already knows what we're making because of our taxes. They tax our uh, right. income. I think it's yeah, yeah. Yep. They tax a percentage of that. So makes me wonder: Are we not far off mm. to what they are? Yes, indeed. Yep. Right. Right. And so, and actually, there was another bill that was trying to be in play input that. Uh, the FBI was allowed or some other government agency was allowed to look into our bank accounts if it has wow. over like $500 in it, hmm. which obviously yep. almost every single American has over yeah. 500 yeah. in their bank account. Yeah, Glenn Beck was but, talking about um, that, did a really nice breakdown of, of what that was and what the fallout yeah. of that would be. Yeah, it's, it's nothing gonna, good. I'm going to start going to ATMs <clears throat> and start pulling all my money so that the government can't <laughs> yeah. see yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I think we gave up the convenience. We, for convenience, we gave up having just cash for everything because now we have online payments and we have debit cards where we can just, you know, stick it in a slot and boom, it's automatically done. Right. So it's or just Venmo. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So right. for convenience sake, we gave up um, some of the freedoms, I think, and, and some of the privacy that we used to enjoy. Well, I mean, this, this is a perfect illustration and i'll explain a little bit but um what what we're talking about there the the government of course is doing this under the under the ruse of this is to find out if there are any drug dealers or anything hmm, like that yeah for, for your protection or right. for your safety yeah that's their line and that that reminds me of a ben franklin quote uh anybody willing to give up a little bit of freedom for security deserves neither freedom nor security yep. Yep. So exactly that that I really think is amazing, especially in that in that small topic there. I think we're I think we're getting a little bit off topic, but yeah, very yeah. interesting. That same quote actually hit my mind whenever we were talking about this. Yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So going into the breakdown of this article, uh, it is an amazing and encouraging story. Uh, that these Bolivians actually were able to use protesting to stop this communistic law. Mm. This law was not at the beginning called a communist law. However, that is what the people called it, and they they gave it this name wow. uh, because of what it of what it did. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that would be looking into people's uh, private bank accounts. Mm. Uh, the way they protested against this was uh, very interesting. Uh, what the Bolivian people did was they blocked off roads and it it did kind of go into what specific roads. I don't I don't have a full understanding of what exactly the specific roads are. Gotcha. Like but, maybe key um, roads or Right, right. They yeah. blocked off 
uh, key roads. And I think it was specifically for traveling uh, for, um, what is it, the, the government officials traveling to different places. And so they were blocking off those routes. Hmm. Um, but wow. these protesters not only uh, blocked off roads, but in a past protest against a different dictator or whatever, they were protesting against this dictator and actually created a economic shutdown. Wow. And so, so so what I'm gathering here is they're not doing this the violent way, you know, like the French right. Revolution, beheading people in the streets, you know, streets right. running red with blood. Um, they're doing it, they're taking a different approach and they're hitting them where it hurts in their wallets. Correct. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And although this, these protests, however, were not without casualties. Mm. Yeah. A protester yeah. had died after a confrontation with defenders of the MAS party. Wow. Which the MAS party is the movement for socialism party. Mm. Wow. Um, so it, it did take, and from what I heard, and it didn't exactly say what the conflict was, but it almost sounded like it was more of the MSA party was attacking them and they kind of defended themselves. Hmm. But I don't know the full story there. It, yeah. The article didn't go into that. But I hope that this is uh, an encouraging article for those uh, recently listening to our show and being like, wow, yeah. this is all depressing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yes, indeed. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much uh, for sharing, Jake. We uh, really appreciate a little bit of optimism every now and then. Try to sprinkle that right. in, right? Right. Um, it's always nice to, you know, I, I think that's that's an important tenet, too, of, of the Christian faith is the joy we find, right, uh, in God. And, and there's joy in his creation as well. And um, even in, in this political spectrum, spec, spec, sorry, spectrum, <laughs> there is a <laughs> spec, spec, um, there, there, there is joy to be found and, and there's, there are victories. So it's, it's nice to talk about this. So thank you very much. All right, Joe, let's uh, pass it to you. I got one article and it's kind of a, <laughs> we're all on the one article train today. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's yeah. slightly a remembrance, but it's a continuation of the story hmm. and it was a police officer had gotten fired or the article title is police officer uh, police officer fired for donating to threaten house defense mm. um roars yeah. back after not guilty verdict he wants his job back and so this officer was um this officer was uh, arrested or Lost his job back in uh, April Whoa. because he donated $25 from his work email. $25. Wow. And it's, he lost his job for uh, $25. Anyway, um, he also left a message saying, God bless. Thank you for your courage. Keep your head up. You've, you've done nothing wrong. Every rank and file police officer supports you is that a message for rittenhouse kyle yes cool yes don't be discouraged by actions of the police police class of the law enforcement leadership mm. um uh, officer kelly uh was a 19 year old 
19 year veteran wow. of the police department and now he wants his job back because the um, court case went in uh rittenhouse's favor mm. there's way more mm. uh, on this article based on what rittenhouse has said what what his background is and what he's stating and what he wants for for the aspect of getting his job back but that was just the main uh point that I wanted that I found interesting was yeah. the he got lost his job for $25 <laughs> a, and a little message. Yep. yep. <laughs> it it shows our police department is corrupt. Yeah, it is. Like the rest of our justice system, it is at the whims of the people and not the good people. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it is um it's no longer standing on the truth of God's word and so that's what you get. Yeah, our, our society from the bottom up is crumbling because the church and the individuals and the family have crumbled and are refusing to stand fast to, to God's word. So hold fast to God's word. So that's what you get. And, you know, like we've talked about a lot before on this show, it starts at the bottom and it goes up, right? It boils up to the top. We can't change government by going up there. We change it by changing things down here on the individual level before it boils up. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yes, indeed. Well, thanks for uh, sharing. And while You're we're on welcome. the topic of the Rittenhouse trial, um, I'd love to get all of your uh, opinions. All three of you know, I'd love for yeah, all three of you. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. a there's a fourth person. Um, all I'd love for all three of us to just discuss uh, what we got from the from the Rittenhouse trial a little bit. Um, what's your first impressions are from the the verdict? Um, because I think some of us might have varying degrees of, yeah, uh, yeah, I see Jake's face, <laughs> varying degrees of optimism or not so much optimism in my case. So, uh, Jake, do you want to start it off by just, you know, what, what was your initial reaction to, to the verdict? It was very optimistic at first hmm. until I started to hear all the stuff they were doing, trying to fear monger the, the, uh, the actual jurors themselves. Yes. Yeah. And so it was it was kind of very, very optimistic. Yep. And like how just listening to the the live uh the live court case of it actually going on, hmm. you you can just see how little of a case the prosecution actually had hmm. had. And so wow. this was yeah it it was actually a little bit comical as to them still trying to fight this, even though they had no case at all. Yeah. And it was, it was like the, the defendants are just sitting over there saying, we don't need to say anything. The prosecution is, uh, uh, taking down their own points for us. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) creating their own news. Yeah. 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 It was, it was very optimistic and looking very well, very good. However, the only thing that made me doubt a little was that what was going on with the jurors mm. and how yeah. um, the other people were trying to uh, make the jurors change their yes. opinion. Yep, change and their so, vote. Right. Yep. Right. So, and that's that's my only only thing on mm. that. Yeah. So, so what, uh, both, both of you guys, uh, Joe and Jake, what, what did you guys think that the, did you have any hope that 
a verdict either way would impact well maybe not hope if it went the other way but um did you believe that it would impact anything uh, in terms of our constitutional rights or what kind of an impact did you think this case would have yes knowing knowing how court cases work and how precedent works um i do believe that if we lost this it would either they would try and go up to the higher courts to try and get this pushed hmm. and i feel like that after if they if we had lost this would have changed our entire system of self-defense and hmm. because the claim that the prosecution was making was that unless the other party has a gun you are not allowed to point or shoot a gun at the other person. Wow. Yeah. Meaning, if you are a woman, hmm. there, you're, yeah. there's no self-defense for you yeah. against a man. Yep. Yeah. I. So I was inclined to agree with you, um, you know, with that kind of, an, of a perspective. But then I was actually listening to some other... Uh, 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 Steve Dace. And then I was listening to, uh, Stuber Greer was actually on his show the other day and, um, their conversation was really interesting and stimulating. And what, what they were saying was actually the, the, the fact that it got to this level is horrifying. Like this is an open and shut case. This should have been settled at a lower court easily. I mean, this isn't something that should have gotten to this level. There's no case here. The, the, the prosecutors have, have no, case against Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, the video evidence is clear. All the evidence is clear. I mean, this shouldn't have even gotten to this point. So the fact that it got to this point does not bode well for our self-defense rights, even no matter really of the, of the, the end result of the verdict. Now we did get a, uh, you know, non-guilty verdict, which is great, but it also was just not, it's not, it doesn't bode well is is the takeaway that i got from that conversation do we know what um how far it went up i i'm not remembering right now i followed it loosely i didn't follow this as closely as i should have been um yeah. but it did get higher than i believe it should have right right so joe anything you want to add i haven't done much um research on this case okay <laughs> but I do hope that this is going to be, I don't want to say more of a revolutionary court case, but I hope it's a court case like the court case for Roe versus Wade or the LGBT movement. I mm. hope it's a more of a movement that'll get people to recognize that our gun rights are something that we need mm. and we need to keep them protected. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, at least get people thinking that way again. Right. And, I mean, it does set a good precedent for the future. Um, so, you know, judicial review, if this ever, this sort of a case ever comes up again. Um, I mean, depending on the people involved, I think judicial review could be on our side in terms of, of how some of these things are interpreted. So, I do want to state that I am not... Um in favor of how both the Roe versus Wade um, 
or the LGBTQ court <laughs> case. I am not in favor of how they ended up. <clears throat> right. But this court case with how it did. The impact that those had. Yeah. Yes. This could that, have that's, that. yes. that's what my implant. I got you. That's what I meant. Cool. All right. Well, thanks guys for discussing that. Um, I thought it was going to be a short news segment, but no, <laughs> it's, it seems like it's impossible for us to keep this show shorter than an hour and 15 minutes we can't <laughs> it's say just not silent. possible um there's just silent. too much to talk about in a whole week i mean to, to do all of that in an hour is just oh my goodness so we're gonna try our best but um i wanted to read uh my news article and again i only have one uh, which i guess is good since we're gonna have these discussions that we each only had one i mean not gonna go super far over so um all right so mine is actually relates to our theme really well um it's crazy how all of these articles that i've read i think the past two weeks have actually related to our theme it's really weird i guess when you're on the lookout for certain pieces of news your eye catches them and this is actually really sad but not surprising if you've been following the government schools for what they really are now if you went into this not realizing what the government schools are this is going to shock you but if you knew how evil they were before this episode, you're going to be like, yep, no dur. <laughs> this is a great article to share with your friends who still think the government schools are worth saving. This right here is a great article to share with them. They're not. Um, here's the headline. Leaked audio reveals how California teachers recruit kids into LGBTQ clubs. Kids. A leaked audio recording revealed California teachers mocking parents over concerns about homosexual and transgender indoctrination at school, uh, said a source who attended a recent teachers union conference in Palm Springs. The recording, obtained by the Epoch Times, captured two seventh grade teachers, Kelly uh, Barak Baraki and uh, Lori Cald Caldera. All right, we'll just go with that. Uh, from Bene Buena Vista Middle School in Salinas, California. Good grief. So many hard to say names. Okay. Um, it's like reading through uh, one of those books, one of those chapters in the Old Testament where it's just one Israelite name after another. It's like, all right, I'm going to do my best here. Are you talking about um, Chronicles? Uh, that's one of them, yeah. <laughs> um, so these two teachers were caught on an audio recording telling other teachers how to recruit students into LGBTQ clubs, also known as Gay Straight Alliance Clubs, uh, GSA clubs at school. It was horrifying to listen to not just one teacher, but really all of the teachers in all of these seminars excoriating parents, uh, said the source who goes by the pseudonym Rebecca Murphy. Murphy attended the California Teachers Association, so from now on it's going to be called CTA, and that's what California Teachers Association, that's what that stands for. Conference, uh, this conference was la uh, late October of this year. She told the Epoch Times that the teachers mocked parents for their concerns and suggested they know better than parents about what's right for their children. What? Yep. They teachers? flat out said it. Teachers know that, better than the parents yep. on how to this is raise what, the children? This is what they believe. We're just now getting actual glimpses into what they believe. Yeah, isn't that what the uh, old uh, Virginia governor said? And that's mm. why he lost. Yep, yep. <clears throat> yes, that's indeed. scary. Yeah, to say the least. Yes, yeah. indeed. The sold-out CTA conference billed as the 2021 
here we go. This is the title of this conference. You guys ready for this? This is insane. The title is 2021 LGBTQ plus issues conference. And here we go. It's, it's called beyond the binary identifying and imagining possibilities. Yeah. This is like that verse. Um, I forget what the verse is. Yeah. Jake's face is just like utter shock, just complete shock. <laughs> yes. They are literally saying these things now. They're not even hiding it. I just know with this LGBTQ movement, so forth, so on, you can't, at least in the electrical field, you can't have the wires identify themselves anymore. Or, <laughs> or the terminals. It, I, I saw a meme yeah. once. If you allow, There was this one person asking, why don't we just allow these circuits to choose their genders? And then the explosion. next quote, the next picture was legit explosion. <laughs> that is why. Yes. Yeah. Um, this just reminds me of that verse, and I don't remember where it is, but um, it's... They will, they will try, they will take pleasure in discovering new ways to do evil. That's what this is. Identify and imagine the possibilities beyond the binary. Take, they're taking pleasure. They are creating uh, uh, conferences to create new ways to sin. That's what this is. Teachers, teachers union. According to Murphy, the purpose of the conference in Palm Springs appeared to be about teachers showing other teachers how to undermine the authority of parents and school administrators and conceal activities related to gender inclusion, inclusion and sexual orientation from them. So from the parents and the school administrators, they're hiding these things. The three classes Murphy attended were designed to recruit middle school students to GSA clubs. Again, that's Gay Straight uh, Association, right? Alliance, sorry. Gay Straight Alliance clubs. The overarching theme of the classes that I attended were California teachers uh, instructing other teachers on how to sneak in the LGBTQ curriculum in a manner that does not alert parents. They're being taught to do this that is their core uh, uh uh belief right now their convictions to keep parents from knowing this yeah that is what you're sending your we kids were, to that we were saying a whole bunch uh, last week <clears throat> was that this it's not that the public schools don't work it's right that they work all too well they work too well yep yep this is their purpose they are fulfilling their purpose so well yep yeah so that's my article <laughs> it seems like Crazy. jake is the only one here with uh optimistic news so thanks for that jake <laughs> yeah um all right anything else you guys want to add before we move on to our next segment let's move on nope. all right it's i'm loving fire the... yes right it yeah yeah we're gonna get more fired up from here. I'm loving that there's literally no de no delay between Jake and us right now. This is so nice. That's <laughs> almost yeah. like he's here in person with us. It's mm -hmm. it's nice. <laughs> All right. So, uh, literature of the month again. As a reminder, our literature this month is uh, Millstones and Stumbling Blocks, right here by uh, Bradley Heath, chapters um, five and six. And Jake, yeah, Jake's showing off his right there. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yes, so chapters five and six, uh, we read those this week and our first question 
as always, is what did you find most interesting about the chapters? And go for it, Jake. All right. So I liked this phrase, which uh, Mr. Heath uses, uh, which also can be found at the top of page 62. And this is a very short quote because it's just a small phrase. But uh, Church of the State. Now, like he explains in the book, this is the government schools. And I just find it interesting. And actually, uh, this could fit as my answer to question two, but it isn't. Uh, but this is not something that I thought of in this light before. Uh, and actually is quite true. The uh, government or state has their own belief faith, which they push onto people via the government schools. Hmm. Yep. I found their own religion. Also in- yeah. Yeah. Their own. Yep. Yep. I also found it interesting and it fits with this point as well uh, that uh, I will not do a direct quote. However, I wanted to <clears throat> briefly paraphrase what what uh, Mr. Heath was saying in the later later part of the book. But uh, we typically don't want to talk. Uh, well, it is an understood rule that you don't talk about religion or politics in a polite conversation. <laughs> However, that is typically what I find I talk about. Yeah, right. Um, Because they can be quite controversial. Mm. And, uh, but I think we should add government schools to that, to that list. Because it it is a combination of the two. Mm. Politics and religion equal the government schools. Yes, indeed. So. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing that, Jake, stating that. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> my answer to this is uh, I want to discuss two things. So the first relates to the myth of neutrality, which we did talk about. We've been talking about this, I mean, for the past... I mean, this is episode 18. We've been talking about this for 18 episodes. <laughs> there is no neutrality. Neutrality is a, is a myth. So... It relates to that, so I'm going to be discussing that. And the second is about the re- realities of the government schools as Heath described them uh, and discussed them in Chapter 5. So uh, my first topic, talking about the myth of neutrality, we talked about this a bit before, like I said, um, but every time a teacher opens their mouth to teach something to their students, their presupposed and unconscious worldview underpins everything that they teach. There is no neutrality. If Christ and the word of God are not the teacher's foundation, then they will not be the student's foundation either, right? Because a student will be like their teacher. That's our verse of the week, right? The opening quote of chapter five sums this up beautifully. I I really love this quote. It's a quote from Charles Colson that says, Christian education is not simply a matter of starting class with Bible reading and prayer, then teaching subjects out of secular textbooks. That's not Christian education. It consists of teaching everything from science and mathematics to literature and the arts within the framework of an integrated biblical worldview. It means teaching students to relate every academic discipline to God's truth and his self-revelation in scripture, while at the same time detecting and critiquing non-biblical worldview assumptions. So understanding what those other worldviews bring to the table and how they can erode the biblical worldview. I added that last bit. Sorry, that's not his quote. End quote, I should have said. (laughs) I noticed for for the podcast listeners, it can be sometimes hard to know when 
a quote starts and when a quote ends. But if you're watching us, then you'll see it up on screen and you'll see the quote. So I always try to say end quote so that the podcast listeners know that what I'm now saying is not part of the quote. So <laughs> sometimes I forget. Sorry. As he talked about, the unfortunate fact is that children, young children especially, are entirely unaware that an unbiblical worldview, uh, worldview is being implanted inside of them. On page 54, Bradley Heath says, Christian kids are largely clueless about what is being done to them daily and yearly in the public school trenches, end quote. Christian children have been placed in these horrible institutions by parents with a God-given responsibility to take care of, the, of their eternal souls. They have that responsibility, the parents do, and yet they've still put them in these trenches, in this ditch, this muck and mire of the world. Rather than fulfilling their responsibilities as parents, they've, dis they've chosen to hand their own children over to an evil institution so that they can live a more comfortable lifestyle. And I know Joe's going to be talking about that a little bit later. At the same time, they delude themselves into thinking that they're guarding the government schools from external evils like critical racist theory and, and what have you. Bradley Heath says on page 54 that evangelicals are notorious for fighting symptoms while perpetrating root causes. We have an uncanny knack for boldly attacking the wrong things in the wrong ways. It is amazing to watch Christian parents lead the PTA, champion school levies, and volunteer in classrooms, all of which inadvertently help public schools kidnap their children. And then he says, what? An educational crisis? You can count on Christian parents to jump into the fray and grab the snake by the tail. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> yeah, that's what they do. Next, I want to lay out a bit of what Heath discusses on page uh, pages 58 and 59. Not 58 and 58, which is what I originally wrote. <laughs> and Joe and I was like, was like, oh, shoot, I said 58 and 58. No, 58 and 59 um, in terms of the realities of the government school systems. Uh, he says public schools are government schools. That's what they are. And I had to include this because that's what we talked about in our first episode, right? We call them government schools. And here he is on pages uh, on page 58. He's like, he literally says public schools are government schools. We have to remember that. They are prone to fraud, waste, and abuse common in large centralized bureaucracies. Some Christians may even run for school board. This should only be done in obligation to taxpayers and never because your children are actually in the system. The most effective educational reform is never to enroll your children in public schools, end quote. The hard reality. Yes, I'm almost done with my answer. Sorry. The hard I, I, reality. Yeah, go ahead. I wanted to add something. Yeah, when you're done. Oh, OK. Oh. When I'm done. All right. <laughs> Okay, now or or then? I can do now. All right, go ahead. So <laughs> what I find interesting is you you know how he was stating the governments are government the schools are owned by the government. Well, how do you not how can you not really see that the gov the schools are run by the government when the government's paying the schools? Hmm. Yeah. Some funny, some some people don't like to follow the money. Um and they don't like to know. They like to be ignorance is bliss, right? I'd rather mm -hmm. not know. It's free. That's good enough for me. I don't want to know where the money's coming from. Or some people just know where it comes from and they're just flat down, flat up they okay with that. I mean, it's just like they're okay with socialism because they've had socialism for so long. They're like, eh, I don't see a problem with it. Why not? Yeah. Let's let the government pay for their education. Whatevs. You know? <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah, just... it, it really is. 
the um oh sorry did you no that's oh, okay <laughs> cool the hard reality is that the government schools have been poisoning american society for over a century it will be no small feat to disassemble this wicked institution and take families abandoning uh and it will take families abandoning these institutions in droves to begin repairing the damage they've caused to our society heath says uh, it has taken nearly 150 years to build the public schooling empire, and it may take as long to dismantle it. The best long-range strategy is to render public schools unnecessary by developing Christian alternatives. We should start and support various forms of Christian education and encourage families to use them or home educate, which is, uh, end quote, which is, which is what I'm more of a fan of, and we can discuss that in a later episode. Um, all right, last bit before I'm done. However, before any of this can happen, before we can do any of that, right, the churches need to step up and start preaching against this great evil that is being done to thousands, if not millions of Christian children. Romans 10, 14 says, how will they know without a preacher? How will they know if they're not being taught from the pulpit? which is the church's job to teach these things. If the church does not speak against these things, Christians will never begin to stand up and fight against them. If the church shirks its responsibility, doesn't do what God created it to do, which is to speak out against these evils, then the Christians will never learn. They'll never grow. We will never grow the kingdom of God if the church doesn't step up and do its job. All right. There we go. I swear that's my longest answer, so it gets shorter from here. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, you know. I don't know why I had a flashback, but when you said poison, I had a flashback of Snow White and how the huh, apple okay. is poisons. And then I got to thinking, well, when you see a lot of teachers' desks or things like that, at least when I was growing up, <laughs> you always saw the apple on that desk. I wonder if they secretly were implying that. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Not um, saying that apples are bad because right. apples are really apples good. Be good for you, Joe. Sheesh, I mean, what apples. The heck? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. That's I'm... right. That's right. Uh, all right. <laughs> Moving on to our next question. What did you find most surprising? And as always, we say this can be something you hadn't considered this way before, so you've heard it, but maybe not the way that Heath phrased it. So, Jake, go ahead. So, um, I just have to say this is kind of something that we've been uh, saying all along almost for the, the entire 18 epi episodes is. But it is interesting how almost every chapter goes back to this point in, in this book. Hmm. Uh, if we are not teaching from a biblical perspective, yes. we will be teaching from another perspective. Yes. So basically, Myth of if neutrality. we are not teaching biblical morality, we are <clears throat> teaching other morality. Hmm. There is no way to separate... I believe system from what you teach yes or really anything for that matter you will always have a belief system connected with whatever you're doing yep. um, without God there is a vacuum or a hole where belief faith needs to take uh, you cannot place anything other than a belief in it it is like a child trying to place a square block into a circular hole hmm some yes. other religion or faith will have to take its place. Yep. A school will always place their beliefs above others, their beliefs above the other beliefs. And that belief is what is called scientism. <laughs> and even so, and um, here's a point 
to back up what I am saying. Uh, we can find this quote on page 59 of the book. Uh, all societies, and this is, this, this is the quote, all societies legis legislate morality. Every law represents a moral standard and yes. definition of what is right and wrong. End quote. All law perpetuates a belief system. To think mm. there can be neutrality or to think there can be laws without a moral code or belief system connected to it is completely false. Yep. Boom. Very well said. Thanks, Jake, for bringing that up. That was a quote that I read, and I was like, oh, I got to include this. And then when it came to writing notes, I had so much. I was like, darn it, I can't include this. So I'm really, I'm really glad you you got to that. I got to just well, like yeah, send you. Yeah, that's why the best to yes. pick up something that the others mm -hmm. missed. Exactly, exactly. I got to just like send you guys just like some of the quotes that I wanted to add, but I didn't have time to. <laughs> and be like, can you talk about this somehow? You know, <laughs> This is yeah. such a good quote. Yes. Um, cool. Thank you, Jake. All right, Joe. All right, so... One of the things that he states on page 62 is one of the greatest responsibilities of the church is educating and equipping hmm. God's people. Yep. God's people, including the covenant nurture of Christian children. Yes. Later in this paragraph, he also states that public schools is often the strongest shaping influence mm. in a child's life yep homeschooling is definitely the greatest way to go just throwing that out there but um public schooling <laughs> shameless plug <laughs> uh, it's it's just very interesting to see that the church is supposed to be helping the the people to mm. be training the children yeah to be glorifying God yes, and, and learning about God and sending these kids to public schools. They're just getting a, a, a head full of worldliness. How, how can we as a church be willing to let our kids go to public school, to private school? And even sure you might have biblical curriculum, um, you might have Bible, you might have prayer, you might have catechism, all three of those things in a classroom. But what about the influence, the the worldly influence of other kids? That's a big part of the mm, school as well. Huge part. Yep. To be honest, I think that's even a that's a even bigger influence than having all of your curriculum being biblical. Yeah, certainly yeah, a large part. The, of it. the Bible. Oh, go ahead, Bruce. No, no, that's fine. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> the the Bible talks about the the friends or the company that you keep. Yes. Mm -hmm. so the peers around you. If you're not picking good friends and good peers, and obviously being a younger younger person, and even up to seventeen years old, you're not gonna have the mental fortitude to pick and yes. understand picking good friends. Yep. Right. And so, especially if you you're not starting with the word of God, right? If that's not where you right. look to, to make good friends, then right. you're definitely not going to make good friends. Mm -hmm. It's, it's assured right. at that point. I think it was... you, you will be conformed by your peers and your friends around you and the company that you keep. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think it was like two or three weeks ago in, in our Sunday school, Bruce and I is in the same Sunday school and, um, our instructor was saying, Choose your friends wisely. 
whoever your friends are, that's who yep. you are. Yep. If, if you have you. worldly friends, those worldly friends have a great impact on you, and yep. now you are now worldly. Subconsciously, even if you, you don't even know. Even if you say you are a Christian, you are actively being a Christian. If your friends are worldly, you you are a worldly. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so with the with the public schools being the strongest shaping influence, I I decided to ask, what is the main reason for these public schools? government indoctrination camps <laughs> and they they started back in the 1900s bruce and i had a conversation a little bit a little yeah. bit earlier and it was i like to call this what were the, the motivations behind why they started yep in the 1900s i like to call this age of age of convenience mm. that's when the cars were manufactured and yep. um, uh, widely spread and washer machines had, were popular as yep. well it, it was it was a convenient stage. Go yeah. ahead. We... Yeah, no, definitely. They they were started in the later, mid to late 1800s, government schools, mm-hmm. right, by Horace Mann. And we've talked about that on previous episodes. But they didn't really come into uh, popularity until the early 1900s. Roughly around the 1920s was when the government schools started to really become uh, used by the, the population en masse. So... Um, but the, the, the motivation behind that is actually really interesting. They, like Joe was saying, it was the age of convenience. People were getting uh, automobiles. They were um, getting washing machines and dishwashers and all of these things that made their life easier. And they thought to themselves, huh, man, I still, my life still could use some, some tweaking to make it more convenient. What's the one thing? Oh, I know. Let me get rid of my kids. <laughs> Let me ship. <laughs> let's get rid of them. That's oh, things are going to be so much easier. Oh man, why did I think of this before, right? So they they took their kids and they made that part of their life more convenient. Oh great, now I don't have to pay for their books. Oh, and now I don't have to worry about teaching them all day. Oh shoot, now I can go get a job and I don't have to worry about my children. Wonderful. And now we have two incomes. Now yes. we can even yep. be more, more money. spoiled. More money. We can buy more cars. We can get bigger houses. We can do all this stuff. Wow, this is great. This is awesome. I don't really care about my kids anyway. So this is fantastic. Super cool, right? <laughs> crazy, crazy. Indeed. Indeed. Yes. When you, when, you, when you neglect your responsibilities, when you lose sight of the vision, right? A, a, a cushy lifestyle, a, a convenient lifestyle mm-hmm. became their idol. And their children were the first thing on the chopping block, unfortunately. I was I was actually uh, going with that point. I was actually just thinking this week, I saw a school bus and I was like, wow, a school bus really shows the the intention of the public school. Because if you, if you look at a school bus and you think, why was that created? <laughs> well, it was created because in order to take kids to school. Well, why... why Dude, why does this large bus have to take kids to school? <laughs> oh, because the parents can't. Why can't the parents? Right. Oh, because they have a job. <laughs> yes. Very yep. true. Yep. Yeah. Does it at all remind you of a prison bus? I don't know. That's the first thing that yeah. comes to my mind when I see it. You know, well, I mean, I've I mean, seen the, correlations. The themselves look like a prison. They do from the I outside. Mean, I mean, I'm sure there was a point in time when they tried to hide it. Didn't try to make it look like what it is. Now they don't even try to hide it, like this article I was reading. I mean, they're just straight up, like, 
Yeah, you're so hooked on your convenient lifestyle, you're not going to give this up. It doesn't matter what we reveal. It can right. look like a prison on the outside. You don't care. You know, you've done this for generations. They've got the American people hooked for over a century. So I'm trying to remember, do school buses still have seatbelts? Because, I mean... It... Seatbelts? <laughs> don't even get me started, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> well, but yeah. the, the, yeah. the that was implying, well, the prison buses, the prisoners are chained and well if mm. the, oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah i got the you. Seat, if there aren't yeah, seat belts i'm okay with those... seat belts being equated with chains i'm cool with that yeah i'm down for that <laughs> sounds cool to me joe i get it we're on the same wavelength now we're, we're thinking uh, the same thing i can get down shoot, with that i put myself in a hole <laughs> <laughs> all right anything else you want to add no i think i'm, I'm good i right. better not put myself in another hole do you, do you want me to hand you a shovel so you can dig your hole farther <laughs> <laughs> no please give me a ladder that's, that's jake's phrase all right um cool so my answer again as a reminder the question is what did you find most surprising something you hadn't considered that way before we're gonna be laughing about this for a while um all right i love how bradley heath continued to make the point that government schools aren't failures and this is what jake was talking about before actually they're masters at their craft. They're not failing. They're not failures. They're masters at their craft. We as Christians simply fail to understand what their craft is. On page 56, Heath discusses the fact that government schools are not anti-religion. They're not against religion. And Joe's still over there cracking up. <laughs> is, this, is this humorous to you, Joe? No. <laughs> Uh, all right um yeah i think we should provide some context on the seatbelt thing because people out there people are gonna be like what the heck why is this so funny joe and i are on opposite sides of the seatbelt debate so we um well yeah i would agree with with Bruce on this <laughs> but yeah <laughs> we've got our uh our micro producer in the uh in the house and he's he's like i'm with bruce and i heart seatbelts <laughs> i do not heart seatbelts <laughs> i'm very much against them yes. at least the mandate of them so. and and i just hosed myself over with doing the correlation of the two so i have no leg to stand on yes <laughs> so as I was saying, on page 56, Heath discusses the fact that government schools are not anti-religion. They have their own religion that they choose to peddle. And the religion of uh, uh, this is the, the religion that they peddle, that they, you know, teach and disciple their students in is the religion of evolution and postmodernism. As Heath says, evolution and intelligent design both require faith. Government schools do not teach science from a biblical perspective, but this is merely the tip of the agnostic iceberg. They also do not teach math, music, history, literature, economics, art, or anything else from a Christian worldview. The slow sanitizing of Christian concepts from all subjects has not made public schools a faith-free zone or faith-free zones. That's not what is that's not the result of what they've been doing. He added that Complaining that public schools are not Christian is like saying that Christian schools are not Muslim. Of course public schools are not Christian. They are not intended to be. End quote. The sad thing is that most parents do not understand the proper roles of the governments that God has created for societies to run smoothly. And those governments are individual, the individual government, the family government, the church government, and the civil government. 
Um, and as we talked about, those are all equal governments under Christ, right? Because of this, because people don't understand what the responsibilities of those separate but equal governments are, most, as Bradley Heath talks about on page 57, try to reform and fix the government indoctrination camps. Heath says, here's his quote, many Christians wrongly believe public schools were once intrinsically Christian and want to restore them by imposing Bibles and prayer on the classroom. Though it is true public schooling once gave lip service to Christian catechism, scripture, and prayer, it is not true that these schools were ever intentionally or explicitly Christ-centered. Christians should not waste their time or talents trying to reform public schooling. The sooner this secular educational experiment collapses, the better, end quote. The civil government was never meant to train children. They are the justice division of society, nothing more. The responsibility of educating children was given to the family. Parents are the ones who are best equipped to train their own children, not some external system of education that does not seek to produce Christians rooted in the word of God. A cold external system will never love children the same way their parents will, and we shouldn't expect them to. That's why God gave children to parents. It should be obvious. But unfortunately, to many Christians, it's not. The idol of a convenient lifestyle, like Joe and I were discussing a little earlier, that idol is too strong for those parents, unfortunately. And their conscience has been seared because the church doesn't talk about it. So how will they know without a preacher? How will their consciences be pricked? How will their hearts be pricked and understand that what they're doing is wrong if the pastors and the churches don't speak against it? How will they know without a preacher? All right, moving on to our final question. How are we doing for time? All right, we're, we're going to be a little over, but not. I think we're doing better than last week, at least at this, po at this point. So <laughs> we won't be as far over the time limit. All right, here's the uh, third and final question. What part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And as a reminder, as always, um, this month, our theme is the dangers and evils of the government schools, the dangers and evils of the government schools. And Jake, we'll have you kick it off. So my answer to this question uh, sort of springs off my answer to question two. And uh, if the schools don't teach biblical morality, then obviously they are teaching worldly morality, which has no standing by itself. Hmm. A child comes from the government. If a child comes from the government school, they will not be grounded in a firm understanding of morality. So, in, in a sense, the dangers and evils of the government schools is what they create. Children in the next generation who will not be grounded in a strong sense of biblical morality. Yes. One might yep. ask, why is biblical morality important? <laughs> why can't we just have another, have worldly morality? And my answer to this is, uh, without the Bible, one cannot know what is true or false. Mm. What is yep. right and what is right or wrong. An unbeliever says that murder is wrong. However, according to their belief faith, that is just an opinion. Yes. How can one know that the murder that murder or theft or any uh, or any statement of of morality yes. is wrong? Yep. Without God's word. Yeah. If we're just animals in the end, what difference does it make? I mean, right. animals kill each other all the time and we don't throw them in jail or prosecute them, right? If we're no better than animals, if we're all just apes and monkeys, 
Who cares? Right? They have no foundation. They have no ground evidence for no basis for that for morality for ethics yep Yep. very good point jacob thank you joe all right my my example comes our my quote comes out of from page 63 and it's where he states the church is weak okay (laughs) that it 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 is a weak church that sub subrogates the state to fulfill the obligation God requires of his people. Yep. Ephesians 6, 4 is one of the verses he puts in there in that paragraph. And it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and, inst- and instruction of the Lord. That's the ESV version. Here it is talking about how the fathers is supposed to be raising up the children. When I read this, I don't really remember seeing government schools. <laughs> We're allowed to let the government indoctrinate our kids. Teachers, raise your children in the mm. nurture and admonition of the Lord. <laughs> um, it, it's it's a command to the fathers and the mothers. Well, it says specifically fathers. Yeah, but. They are the ones that are to bring the, raise the children in the way of the Lord. Yeah. Um, it does say for fathers not to provoke their children to anger, yeah. but to discipline them and instruct them in the way of the Lord. So in that aspect, we are the fathers is supposed to be knowing how they are. Well, yeah, knowing how they're learned, teaching to them. And giving them an understanding of how to walk, how to um, yes. think critically. I mean, do we, as a society, even think critically anymore? Mm. Yep. Yep. Very cool. Thank mm-hmm. you, Joe. You're welcome. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, all right. Oh, oh yeah, I, go ahead. I, I have one more thing. And, yep. and it was the question. We send our children to, to schools. If they were actually Christian schools, actually teaching, preaching, or teaching and preaching, and having all these catechism, Bible, and prayers, and biblical textbooks, and we actually had Christian children going to those schools, would those children be getting disciplined? I mean, mm-hmm. this Bible first does yes. say discipline the children. Would the children be getting discipline? And if Great they were question. getting if they were getting discipline, how different would they be getting disciplined at school compared to at home? Yeah, uh, that that and, in and my opinion brings up a big conflict of between yeah. we, father I mean, and child and teacher and child. There was a quote from the book um, that we read, the chapters we read last week, that said, you know, the the questions we should be asking are, how is the government schools? Disciple. How are the government mm-hmm. schools discipling my children, right? Yeah. Because a lot of Christians will say, "Well, is it a sin? Is it? Is it? Can you say that I'm I'm going against God's law if I'm sending my kids to government school?" And uh, Bradley Heath's answer was, "That's the wrong question. You should be asking, what are they teaching my children? Mm-hmm. How are they discipling my children?" Are they teaching my children to love God with with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength? And that was a big part of chapter um, was it chapter six, where he so. he was talking about that's a huge part of government schools. They you know 
Christ didn't say we should just get this warm feeling, this warm, fuzzy feeling, and that's how we should love God, right? No, we should love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, all of Mm -hmm. it, our entire being, which includes our logic, our thinking, everything that we do for our jobs, for a living, our entire life, we should love God with every fiber of our being, including Mm -hmm. our mind, which is not what government school children are taught to do, to love God with their mind. They are taught to love themselves Mm -hmm. with their mind. So, yeah. Totally forgot about that question, but I thought it was a very Uh, important question. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Very cool. Thank you for bringing that up. You're welcome. All right. Third and final question. Um, I'll just repeat the question again so that my answer makes sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The question again is, what part of the reading do you think most applies to the theme of the month? And as a reminder, our theme... This month is the dangers and evils of the government schools. My answer is one of the greatest dangers of the government schools is that they have become the church of the age. They've replaced the church and not in a good way. They have replaced the church government and the family government simultaneously in one of the most important ways. As Heath says, children are disciplined and discipled by the civil government more than the family or church governments. His full quote on page 62 fantastically summarizes this point. He says, one of the great responsibilities of the church is educating and equipping God's people, which is exactly what Joe was saying, Um, including the covenant nurture of Christian children. Christ specifically sanctioned this by taking them into his arms and declaring the kingdom of God to belong to such as these. That's Matthew 19, verse 14. Unfortunately, evangelicals have largely surrendered this responsibility to public schooling. Children spend more time as disciples of public schooling than in the active nurture of church and family combined. Their prolonged sentence is served under the tutelage of paid professionals whose concerted efforts and intentional agenda orient their young hearts, minds, and souls. Public schooling is often the strongest shaping influence in a child's life, end quote. He then says on page 63 that it is a weak church that subrogates the state to fulfill the obligations God requires of his people. Again, Joe's quote. Thank you, Joe, for bringing that up. You're welcome. Got a sneak preview into those. (laughs) Very cool. Unfortunately, the church has become weak to the point of believing that ultimate truth is not something that we should be striving for. Churches nowadays only care for the basic gospel. They do not preach the entirety of scripture or seek to apply God's word to everything that they think, say, and do. Or, if you will... They do not seek to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Education is a vitally important biblical truth, yet many churches don't even preach on the subject, which, uh, which is why our society is collapsing around us. When the church remains silent, sin, chaos, and lawlessness will run rampant. And that's what we have today. The church is silent on most of life except for the basic milk of the word the basic gospels and society is crumbling around us mm-hmm. heath on page 64 says how do we appeal to biblical standards when our christian brothers differ with us demanding that all ideas be accepted as equally valid how do we call believers to universal basic biblical truths when they recognize no universal biblical authority such theological individualism makes it easy to get along but reduces Christianity to a mere, uh, to a least common denominator, letting everyone believe anything if they have Jesus in their hearts, end quote. 
Um, and finally, I wanted to read a rather larger quote. I do this. This is the third week in a row. Yes. But it's two paragraphs from the book, um, from chapter six, that are just amazing. And I couldn't leave them out. Couldn't figure out a way to break them up. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and read them. They're just really, really good. Um, really well written. Um, and I think you'll really, really like these. So here we go. We embrace an entitlement mentality and whine about the stealing of America. It's not fair. We have rights. This is a Christian nation. But nothing has been stolen from us. Not our government, not our schools, not our culture, not our families, not our churches, and not our freedoms. We have simply surrendered these things by retreating from biblical thinking in our failure to love God with all our minds. There has been no theft or seizure. Secularism and its minions have merely occupied ground that Christians have deserted. Our greatest dereliction of duty has been the education of our children. We have abandoned them deep in enemy territory after sending them ill-prepared and ill-equipped into a spiritual battle. How dare we act surprised when they are consequently captured, corrupted, and conformed by the world? What do we think would happen when we sent them to be trained in sanctuaries of secularism? This is the point. We did not think. We did not act charitably towards our children. We did not love God with all our mind. End quote. I thought that was just so powerful, so well written, and sums up perfectly the current state of our churches, unfortunately. We love God with all of our hearts, all of our souls, but not all of our minds. And that's evident in so many ways. This is just the latest and, and most obvious of those. We don't preach on this. We don't speak against this in the church. It's just, eh, whatevs, do what you will. We trust you to do your own thing. So things aren't going to change in our society and our culture until we start preaching against this, until the church starts taking a stand, and until we, on an individual level, start taking a stand. If the churches won't, then we have to on our own, and we also have to beg our pastors to preach against this evil. It can't, the church cannot remain silent any longer. Society is crumbling. The time to turn back is gone. The church needs to wake up and start preaching against this. All right. How much time we got left, Joe? How do we do? <laughs> we do better this time, hopefully. All right. Well, in the meantime. Oh, cool. All right. We did considerably better than last time. All right. Great. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add before we wrap up? No, nope. I'm excited for next. Yes. Week. Yes. Oh, I won't be here next. Oh, week. next week. Oh no! All right. Hmm. All right. So it'll be Jake and I. So, I would say it'll be a shorter show, but I'm still here. So. Ah, uh, yeah. You're still here. <laughs> Jake's still here. <laughs> right. We gotta. We gotta do a Thanksgiving special. Yes. Ooh. That would be very neat to talk about that. Yes. Absolutely. We might have to do that next week, Jake and I. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, thank you all so very much for listening to us or watching us today. We we appreciate um, you as the audience. We've gotten a lot more follows on Gab, which has been really exciting to see. We've seen a lot of um, our uh, platforms that we're on start to grow and expand and have a lot more followers. So thank you so much for that. Um, and uh, don't forget, you can share a uh, link 
you can share our website, which is trdshow.net, and that is uh, the website where we have a list of links to all of the many platforms that we are on. Um, so share that with as many people as you can. We'd love for you to help us spread the word. Um, really, the best way for us to get the word out about this show is for you guys, the audience, to share that website with as many people as you can. So thank you so much if you've already done that. Um, and if you haven't yet, Go through your contacts, find three or four people uh, that you think would uh, enjoy our show and would contribute to it and um, send that link. Mm -hmm. You can also send us emails and uh, send us information, questions, answers to questions, all sorts of stuff. We just really want to hear from you as our audience and uh, what you think about the show so far. You can do that by going uh, sending all of those things to our email address, which is trdshow at protonmail.com, trdshow at protonmail.com. We look forward to reading those emails from you also don't forget the poll is going to be on our gab page if you are uh, listening to this it's already live so go to our gab page right now if you aren't already subscribed to our gab page go ahead and do that follow us on gab and uh contribute participate in our poll we'd love to hear your answers and until then we will see you in the next episode and remember everyone in all that you do do as unto the lord